Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I am glad you're here, and I'm sure the person to your right or left is glad you're here too. Uh, the congregational meeting, we're going to have a brief but amazing congregational meeting just after the service. So I'll do the benediction, then there'll be a postlude, and then we'll call order to the um, congregational meeting. Coming up in a couple weeks, we have our church picnic. There's sign-up stuff in the back. I think we're having KFC, buckets of chicken, barrels of chicken. I think barrels of chicken are above buckets of chicken, so I think we get barrels of chicken. Is that correct? Do you know the KFC menu? I don't know why you would. Anyway. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. Agreed. I'd probably, re- yeah, anywho. I won't even go down that road. And then later that same night, we're doing our Sunday night where we just gather together and uh, everyone's invited. We're going to eat a little food. And somebody said, you're going to eat again? <laughs> Have you seen me? Yes, I'm going to eat three meals that day. So we're going to eat at five o'clock. And worship and pray and just ask for God to do what he wants in this, his local outpost of his kingdom. Um, anything other, any other announcements I'm missing? The hymn sing. Okay. Patty Ernest's 80th birthday today. Is that correct? We'll, we'll sing it. No. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday to you. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Patty. Happy birthday to you. Ow! Oh, that's excellent. That's a good way to start a day, right? Let's, stay, let's stand and I'll read our call to worship. It comes from Psalm 71, verses 1 through 3, and I read from the Passion Translation. Lord, you are my secure shelter. Don't ever let me down. Let your justice be my breakthrough. Bend low to my whispered cry and save me from all of my enemies. You're the only p- place of protection for me. I keep coming back to hide myself in you. For you are like a mountain cliff fortress where I'm kept safe. Let's sing to our rock and our refuge who keeps us safe.
Please be seated and send the student and children forward. And thanks for playing the hymn roulette. That was <laughs> fun, right? We sang a couple of things twice. Okay. I got it covered. Thanks. So you know what this is, right? And so you don't have to scrub your hands quite so hard, but it doesn't seem to work. So put this glove on your, on your leg. So what's touching you? Not a trick question. The glove's touching you. Okay. Now reach over and touch your neighbor's shoulder. Now who's touching you? Your neighbor, right? Okay, so what happens is this glove is just an empty shell. Now put your hand inside that glove. Let's see if I can get mine in there. There we go. Okay, now reach over and touch your neighbor. You got yours on yet? Reach over and touch your neighbor. Now who's touching you? Is it the glove or it's what's inside the glove? The glove is touching you? Okay, does the glove move by itself? Okay, so here's what happens. This is really super simple. When you invite Christ into your life, you're an empty glove. And when you do something that reflects what Christ, what God created us to do, to be kind and gentle and patient and understanding, and sometimes angry, because he made us to be angry as well as to be loving, it's not you that's touching you. You're the glove. It's what's inside of you that's touching you. You are the true example. You are the true representation of what God is doing in the world. It's, he's inside of you just like, like your hand is inside of this glove. You're just the glove. Very simple. And that's it. So, voila. I want to tradesmen's talk. Feel, feel free to keep that glove as a memento. You can put on a medallion and wear it around your neck. So I don't know what. So let me just take a moment and pray here just for a second. Dear Lord God in heaven, thank you for these new beginnings, these children, these new beginnings. Thank you for the people that loved and cared for them enough and are wise enough to bring them to a place, we the body, we the church, not this building, not the empty seashell, but we the body, to learn to celebrate and enjoy the benefits that come to us through you, your hand in our glove. Guide and protect them, as well as everybody here, for as long as they live. Amen.
Christ himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Together, let us acknowledge our failure and disobedience and return to the Lord in penitence 
and faith. Eternal God, our judge and redeemer, we confess that we have tried to hide from you, for we have done wrong. We have lived for ourselves and apart from you. We have turned from our neighbors and refused to bear the burdens of others. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. In your great mercy, forgive our sins and free us from our selfishness, that we may choose your will and obey your commandments through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. In his beloved Son, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven.
Excellent. Make me a blessing. What a prayer. What a song. What a call, right? Man, what a service already. This is exciting. Thanks for that children's message, Mark. And uh, thanks for everything so far. Cornell, that was amazing, special music. Um, Sometimes I get knocked into worship mode and I had to get back out. And uh, let me pray, God, I just pray that you would preach through me and teach through me. I pray that words of mine would drop to the floor, words of yours would penetrate the hardest of heart and change lives forever. And all God's people said, we're in a series called Lift Up Your Gaze, and we're, it looks like the lectionary is bouncing us back from, well, I'm following the lectionary, and I'm bouncing back from Hebrews to Luke, which is interesting. It's been fun to see. They're probably the two smartest authors in the in the Bible, probably I don't know. They were just very intelligent human beings, and we're back to Doctor Luke, and his source. Most theologians agree was Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he says at the beginning of his Gospel of Luke, he says, "I did all my homework, I did it all, and I found out that this this is the account of Jesus the Christ." And then he moves into his second book, and this is his church that is on the mission of spreading the good news that God sent his one and only son to Jesus, um, Jesus the Christ to save all the least and the lost. Because that's kind of a theme all the way through the gospel and Acts. Jesus was sent primarily for the hurting the only places that he isn't able to do miracles, it's when their cup is already full. They don't need anything. He says, I, I've come to heal. And like a doctor, I don't really mess with healthy people. I mess with people that need to be healed. Um, so this is, a, this is a miracle story, too. We're in Luke chapter 13. Anything else I need to cover before? No, it's interesting he does mixing of teaching and healing. And so he's teaching as he's healing in this text. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. This is Luke chapter 13, started in verse 10. And just then, there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately... Immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox 
or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. First, I'll point out, this is the last time Jesus even goes in a synagogue. And he's in a synagogue and he's teaching. He's teaching on the Sabbath. In walks this woman. We don't know her name. What do we know about her? She's been bent over for 18 years. 18 years. Any math majors in the room? 18 times 365. How many days is that? That's a lot of days, right? Where is she? She's in the synagogue. She's walking into the synagogue. She's hunched over walking into the synagogue. What's that mean? She's coming to worship. She's showing up. She hasn't lost faith. Does she know who Jesus is? The text doesn't seem to think so. The text, she's there to worship God. Just pointing that out. That's not even part of my sermon. (laughs) Cruising in, bent over 18 years. She's there to worship God. She's there to meet with God. She's there to pray to God, listen for God, sing songs to God. You can just stop right there. Why are you here? Is it to learn knowledge? I think a lot of times we get into these ruts. Psychologists call them dry riverbeds. We come here because of habit. We come here because we do. That's just what we do. Thank God, because she's in this rut and she's at the right place at the right time. Notice, Luke always does this. If you look at all the miracles that Jesus performs, he usually has this formula. First, what does Jesus do? He sees her. He sees her. Does everybody in here feel seen by Jesus. Because if you don't, you're kind of misinformed. And that's a message from this text to you today. Jesus sees you. He sees the path you're on. He sees the pain you're in. 
In fact, later in the text, she's been like this for 18 years. You can almost hear him break, like at the end of the text, breaking, his heart breaking for what she has gone through, right? And it's, in, it's interesting, you said, it's okay to be angry. Remember that, Mark, a couple of seconds ago? Because I think he gets angry. I think there's some, there's some harsh words in this text. And they're for directed. They're, anyhow, let's keep cruising. In walks the woman. He sees her. Then what's he do? He, he pr- actually says stuff. He says, he speaks over her. He says, you're healed. So Jesus sees you this morning. Jesus speaks over you this morning. He knows you and he sees you and he speaks over you. And then what's he do? He touches. You see when the kids are up here, when the students are up here, it's so bizarre to see people touch each other. Because of this COVID thing. You know, like everything, everybody's a little freaked out, right? But Jesus isn't like that. You know, like he sees your pain, he speaks over it, and he leans into it. I, I, feel, I feel like he walked up to her and just boom. Have you ever had one of those people that have like, Hands that you feel, like you feel their presence. No? Anybody? Yeah, okay, good. Excellent. I'm not alone. There was a dude over at uh, St. Andrews, a guy named Alnaldo, and he just loved to pray over people. But I remember when he would put his hand on me, I would feel something different. Not only that he, like he had man hands, he had, I have like sissy hands. Can you see that? Like, I have piano fingers. I don't know. That's what my mom would always say. She was trying to get me to play piano. Thank you, Zeke, for fulfilling that promise. But Jesus puts his hands on her. He's not afraid of your pain. He's bigger than your pain. He's bigger than your problems. He's bigger. He's the solution. And then he heals her. So he calls her, speaks over her. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. He says, come over here. He's called us all. And notice, the woman is reformed. As a reformed theologian. Who does she praise? God. She's probably the first Presbyterian. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, it's just interesting because... Like I said, Luke did his homework. She's theologically sound. She is theologically correct. She knows that he's the Messiah sent by the Father that's been promised all of these Old Testament books. He is him. He is the Yeshua Messiah. The Savior, the Anointed One. The healer, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. In comes what Eugene Peterson calls the serious. 
Here comes the serious. He's the head of the synagogue. He's the teacher. He's like the principal. What's he say? He says in front of everybody. He's speaking to everybody. But he's really speaking to Jesus. He says, this guy can heal on any day. He's breaking the rules. He's breaking the rules, ladies and gentlemen. Why didn't he heal her on Friday? Why didn't he heal her on Thursday? This isn't a place of healing. This is a place of worship. Go back to why you are here. Are you here to follow the rules? Because Jesus has a word of caution for you if that's the truth. If you get lost in the rules, you may miss the ruler. You may miss the point of this place. It's not to stand up, sit down, heal, like uh, pray prayers and all this. It's to meet with God. It's to meet with God through Jesus the Christ and Holy Spirit flowing through us. In fact, that's what makes Jesus the most angry all the way through his time of ministry. Every time you see him kind of pep up and get a little furious, it's because people they are about the rules rather than the ruler. They're about getting to God for the stuff that God gets you instead of just being with God. That's what all the parables are. The lost coin, the lost son, all of them. They're all about ditching the rules and getting in contact, physical contact, meeting with God. And what's he use? He uses, and he, he must have loved this word, hypocrites. Because it's all throughout his Sermon on the Mount. It's all throughout his sermons in Matthew. He's, what's hypocrite? You actors. You actors. You people who put up masks and pretend you have all the answers. And pretend you know the way to God. The way forward and the way to true life. You pretenders. And I, I, I feel like if Jesus is in there... He would just swipe like any falsities away from people. Take down your masks. I hate acting. That's what Jesus says. Not actors, Danny. (laughs) I hate pretenders. I hate people that think they know it. I'm God. That's Jesus in this place. I'm God. This place is about healing. You've reversed it. You've missed it. And you're in the most dangerous position there absolutely is. It's thinking that you have the truth when you are so far from the truth because you do not know grace. It's being Inspector, what's his face, in Les Miserables? Javert. Javert. It's being Javert. He's in the most dangerous place in all of humanity. It's actually being... It's more dangerous being a Javert or a, or a serious, as Eugene Peterson, or as the leader of this synagogue, than being a sinner. Because you think your sins are covered. That's the strong word of caution. But then he gets, 
I love it, you know? He gets back to it. What's he say after that? Well, it says in the text right after that. The entire crowd was rejoicing. Why? Why? Why is the entire crowd rejoicing? Yes. Because the things Jesus had been saying and the things Jesus had been doing. N.T. Wright puts it this way. What Jesus is doing for this poor woman is what he is longing to do for Israel as a whole. And I think that's in this context. That's from this text. Reading from this text today, that's his dream for you and I. Are you bent over? Are you bent over? Have you been over for 18 years? That's, that's a mighty long time. God's word to you this morning is, if you're bent over, he sees you. He calls you. He touches you. And he heals you. And a word of caution for those of you who think you have it all. Don't miss the ruler because of the rules. If God is doing something, be for it. Let's stand and sing of the wonderful name of Jesus.
This is the part of the service we rejoin in the in the adventure of this kingdom outpost by returning to God His tithes, our offerings. If you're in the sanctuary, you drop your gifts, tithes, and offerings in the offering plate on your way out. If you're listening on the podcast, which I got a text right before service, Gretchen Franklin is, and uh, thanks for listening, Gretchen. And we're praising God that you're being healed. Um, oh, you, you send your gifts, tithes, and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's offerings and tithes are now received. sing 
In Psalm 34, we read, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those whose spirits are crushed. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them, every one. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. With that most comforting thought, let us now go to God in a time of prayer with our concerns. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayer. When we come asking, continue to receive us. When we seek guidance, help us to find your spirit. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in your presence. Remember your church in this place, set in this community to light the way to your grace and truth. Open our eyes to see how you would have us minister to the people in this neighborhood. Be with the session this week as they meet to vision the future of this church. Help them to know and to do your will. Guide us all in the days ahead. Hear our prayers for this congregation. Bring to us all the things that are needed in our life as a congregation. We ask for faithful servants to do the work of this community, teachers to bring your word to all, funds to support the activities of the church, and love that reaches out to all. We pray for our schools as children will be heading to their classrooms again whether it is little ones going off to preschool or all the way to those in graduate studies, put your protecting hand over them and over all their teachers that this may be a good and safe experience for all. We pray for all who are here with special needs today, the sick, the sorrowing, those worn down by life, May they experience your presence and feel their burden lightened. Give us compassion to reach out to comfort them and show them your love. Grant to all who need it healing of body, mind, and spirit through the ministries of the church, the medical professions and health care institutions, and by your mercy. We pray for healing for all who are planning or recovering from surgery, who are seeking a diagnosis, who are in constant pain, and who are losing mobility and independence. We pray for healing for Dan and Donna. We ask for healing for Patty, for Kay, and for Dick in their cancer treatments and for Keith Coslin in his struggles. Give us the mind of Christ as we look upon our neighbor. As we grieve the death of our dear friend Elsie Hughes, 
We pray for her nephew, Michael, and other relatives and friends who loved her at this time of loss. We pray for Sam and Corey Allen, who have had to say goodbye to Sam's sister, Mary. Bring comfort to all, and may treasured memories sustain them through this time. May they truly know that nothing can separate their loved ones from your love. We ask you to be with Dorina Rocky and her family as her mother Marjorie nears the end of her life. May she be comforted by the support of her family at her side, and may they feel your presence reassuring and sustaining them through these difficult days. Receive all these prayers in the tenderness of your mighty hand, and keep us forever in the safety of your outstretched arms, through Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. When we had our hymns sing, there was one hymn in which I gave a little bit of background of it. And we're going to be singing that one for our concluding hymn today. But it's Precious Lord, Take My Hand. And it was written by gospel singer-songwriter Thomas Dorsey in the 1930s. And at that time, he and his wife were expecting their first child. He went to perform or to sing at a revival. And while he was there, he got a message that his wife had died in childbirth. And he hurried home, and that evening, the baby died also. And he was inconsolable. He was despondent. And he found he wasn't able to reach out to God to, to pray, to write music, to sing. But then one of his friends took him over to a piano, and he sat down, and he started to play. And then he started to sing. And the words he was singing was, Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me home. And it's, this hymn has been translated into 30 different languages and is considered the most recorded gospel hymn in the world. And it because it gives so much hope for hard times, and everybody goes through hard times. So would you please stand and let us sing Precious Lord.
If that doesn't want, make you want to come to the hymn sing on September 10th, nothing will. Okay. Uh, that'd be before the benediction. I just wanted to, let's, I'll, I'll come up with another application. That's kind of what I do. Um, but it'll be combining the children's message with my message. Maybe you came here today and you needed to, to learn. Uh, maybe you came in here bent over. And maybe you needed to be seen, called, touched, and healed. Maybe you came here to be reminded. God needed to remind you. Don't miss the ruler because of the rules. Or maybe you're in neither of those camps. You came here and you met with God. And I think the message comes from the children's message. Be used as a glove by God to see the broken, to call the broken, to speak into the broken, and to heal the broken. I'm going to give us a benediction, and then we're all going to be seated. At, right after, when, as the post lead is going, if you're not a member or don't want to stick around for the congregational meeting, you're excused and free to go back to your day. But those of you that are members and want to be a part of the congregational meeting, please stay put, and we'll do a brief but amazing congregational meeting. But now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Please be seated.